To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to episode 31 of Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is Wes, and I have Kevin on the other line. Hey, Kev. Hey, Wes. How's it going down yonder? I'm actually up in North County, San Diego. Yeah, that's right. You're in a different location. I'm doing really good. Uh, it's a beautiful day, and... It is, yes. Yeah, I'm feeling very productive today. Clear blue skies. The grass is growing. The birds are singing. That's all right. kinds of good stuff. And we're thinking about doing some sprints this week. As oh, yeah. As physical activity. Not thinking about it. We're purposefully going to do it. Good segue. Yes. yes. We don't wish and hope and dream. We actually make it our conscious purpose to do things, right? Exactly. This is our continuing series on the six pillars of self-esteem, a book by Nathaniel Brandon. And this would be the... This is the fifth one. This would be the fifth one, yes. The practice of living purposefully. So this is basically about living productively, putting your mind to certain tasks and achieving things it kind of falls in line with the self-assertiveness, what we talked about last week, to actually explicitly state what you want, say yes when you want to say yes and no when you want to say no, and um, basically achieve the values that you've set out for yourself. Like he says here, to live without purpose is to live at the mercy of chance, the chance event, the chance phone call, the chance encounter, because we have no standard by which to judge what is or is not worth doing. Yeah, and it can be applied to all areas of life because you don't want to just live your life by chance in any part. Uh, if you were to run a business, mm-hmm. if you were to just run it by chance and just kind of hope things work out, it probably won't work out unless, I don't know, you get a big donation from somebody or an investor kind of pops out of the blue and hands you millions of dollars. Or you get a big government bailout. <laughs> Real popular today, it seems. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, uh, And then just in terms of fitness, it's the same thing. You know, there's no chance. It's all what you're doing and how much you're paying attention to what you're eating and how you're exercising and what you're doing on purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you think a lot of people wonder if they can actually achieve a healthy mind fit body and thus they don't really set the goals to actually do it? Because Brandon talks about productivity and purpose and efficacy and purpose because there's all these specialized skills that people have And we've mentioned this before, someone can be brilliant and achieve so much in some aspect of their life, like their work life, their career, or something like that that's really important to them. But then in the realm of health and fitness and their own progress of weight loss, they basically don't set the same, you know, achievement goals. They don't feel that they're efficacious in that realm. Yeah, there's some kind of a disconnect there. He talks about living congruently. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's one of those examples of not living congruently. And there's one part here. He says, uh, self-responsible men and women do not pass to others the burden of supporting their existence. It is not the degree of a person's productive ability that matters here, but the person's choice to exercise such ability as he or she possesses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the thing. We've talked about this, and he gets into it more in this chapter of kind of deferring things to other people. Authoritize, perhaps. Authoritize, yeah. Or maybe your spouse uh, that's cooking the food. You know, it's up to that person to make sure that the food I'm eating is healthy, right? Right, right. It goes back to the same thing where everyone else is doing it this way. So, you know, I'm just going to do it like that. Mm-hmm. Or the food that they stock on the shelves in the grocery store, by and large, in the center aisles and so forth. Yeah. It's there for a purpose, isn't it? To feed right. us and 
they made the choice to put that on the shelf. It must be good for us. We should eat it because it's there, right? Yeah, that seems to be the thought process. And that's, you know, for the most part, what's available to people, I guess, in a large part is the stores like the big supermarket chains, mm-hmm. which don't always have the best food. Although they're getting better these days. They are carrying more of the quality food, but it's still a long way to go. Yeah. Same with the fast food stores, <laughs> fast food <laughs> restaurants, if you can call them restaurants. Yeah. So there's one part here is interesting. He poses it in a set of questions. He says, to live purposefully is to be concerned with these questions. What am I trying to achieve? How am I trying to achieve it? Why do I think these means are appropriate? Does the feedback from the environment convey that I am succeeding or failing? Is there new information that I need to consider? Do I need to make adjustments in my course or in my strategy or in my practices? Do my goals and purposes need to be rethought? Thus, to live purposefully means to live at a high level of consciousness. Well, I would say that's definitely living at a high level of consciousness, to go through those questions and to kind of correct the errors that one is potentially making in the process of achieving the goals, especially for weight loss, right, and living a healthy, fit life. Yeah, I did this recently because... For years now, I've eaten kind of the low-carb way, but it was probably more sort of the zone uh, where it was like either 40, 30, 30, or like maybe 33 and a third percent of each Mm -hmm. carbs, protein, fat. But kind of getting into the the two things, the one was the uh, paleo diet. I read part of that book, and then I'm reading the Mark Sisson book, The Primal Blueprint. And, you know, realizing coming across some new information, like I used to think that, you know, brown rice is great for you. Sure. It's got uh, the rice germ in it. Yeah, because it's so much better. The brown part of the rice. Yeah, it's got fiber, you know, as opposed to the white rice and the white pasta, which doesn't have the fiber because it's stripped out, which, you know, there's something to that. But at the same time, it's not something that we were really meant to eat. No. And, you know, kind of learning that new information has changed my cooking habits. So I'm, instead of doing like a pasta thing with vegetables and meat, I'll just skip the pasta altogether and make up for it by adding more fat and more protein. Sure. Yeah. I remember I used to cook a whole cup of rice, brown rice, you know, dry in a cup. And then I pour it in the water on the stove and cook it. And it would just like balloon to this, I don't know, half a bushel of rice. It would take me over an hour to eat it. (laughs) And I thought I was doing my body good. You know, this was back when I was told that high carb, low fat diet is the way to go, especially if you're diabetic, Yeah, which is crazy because it just means you have to shoot more insulin into you and have to deal with the blood sugar ups and downs from that process. Yeah. So yeah, I remember just putting a little dash of olive oil in there just for good measure. But uh, that is definitely the wrong way to get your energy. And correcting that process takes a little bit of assertiveness and a little bit of living purposefully. Yeah, absolutely. And then he has a section here that we wanted to cover. It says, um, what living purposefully entails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, and there's four things. Mm -hmm. So taking responsibility for formulating one's goals and purposes consciously is the first one. Yeah, he says, if you are to be in control of your own life, you need to know what you want and where you wish to go. Mm -hmm. You need to be concerned with such questions as, what do I want for myself in 5, 10, 20 years? What do I want my life to add up to? So taking that long-term perspective, 5, 10, 20 years, The purpose of the Healthy Mind Fit Body program in the book that we outline is to 
create a lifestyle for yourself that can last in perpetuity, right? There's real no final goal that you no longer have to do this sort of way of eating and way of exercising and so forth. Yeah. And we just sent out a survey to the list. And one of the questions was, what are your goals and what are you trying to accomplish? And uh, a couple of people answered that they want to be healthy and fit into their old age, into their 90s and everything, mm-hmm. and be able to function and have a happy life. And I think that's becoming more and more of a goal for people and, and kind of an our generation, where I think previously a lot of people weren't really thinking about that. It's just like, well, just get by now and then we'll deal with whatever later. Just accept the aging process, man. Things are going to go haywire and you're going to get run down. You yeah. get that hump in your back and you just kind of waddle around after a while and pretty soon you're in the grave. Yeah. And then we watched that video on ABC News, Ernestine mm-hmm. Shepard, 72. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. And she's running marathons and uh, lifting weights every day and she looks amazing. <laughs> she does. Like looks less 40. than 50. Yeah. 40 yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, 72 years old, and she is an inspiration to a lot of elderly folks she's training with, trying to inspire them to get energetic, you know, get active, and don't let the, uh, you know, the muscle atrophy happen as a result of just the aging process. You can actually stop that and reverse it by activating those muscles with weights and with different types of exercises. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's an inspiration, definitely. I'll put that in the show notes if people want to check that video out. Definitely. Yeah, we're going to try to get her on the show. So hopefully we'll have an interview with her at some point. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Because I know if she's running a lot of marathons, that would be kind of counter to the anti-aging perspective because secreting lots of cortisol and so forth. Yeah, exactly. I think some people are cut out to run marathons a little more than others. Yeah. Maybe there's the genetic factor. Like she's got a good set of genes on her or inner, I should say. Right. (laughs) They say that the chromosome, the DNA, if you stretch it all out, the double helix, it's basically the length of your body. Yeah. And uh, of course, that's inside every cell in your body, the trillions of cells that you have. Pretty amazing. Yeah, good times. There's a new uh, IMAX movie. I don't know if it's new, but I guess there's an IMAX movie that they take you inside the human body. Oh, cool. Yeah. How cool would that be? Definitely. It was a movie. What was that movie? Way back when, where they're traveling through the blood vessels of the body. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. So the second one, being concerned to identify the actions necessary to achieve one's goals. If your purposes are to be purposes and not daydreams, you need to ask, how do I get there from here? What actions are necessary? What sub-purposes must be accomplished on the way to my ultimate purpose? If new knowledge is required, how will I obtain it? If new resources are needed, how will I acquire them? If our goals are long-range ones, action plans will almost certainly entail sub-action plans, that is, plans for the attainment of sub-purposes. Do we take responsibility for thinking these steps out? Success in life belongs to those who do. Yeah, just that whole thing about taking action is just pretty much in any self-help book that you'll come across. Mm -hmm. It's about... You know, taking your ideas and then taking the action. And if you're in a situation where you have to lose a lot of weight, it can be self-defeating to just look at the goal and say, oh, it's way too far away. I'll never achieve that. Right. Rather than set, you know, these sub-purposes and sub-goals to yeah. get to that place. You know, the aphorism, journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step and taking those successive steps to achieve your goal because there's no other way to achieve it. Right. Sure, there's uh, quick fixes like... Uh, liposuction and uh, stomach stapling, 
but we don't really recommend those as a lifestyle. Yeah, and those are like shortcuts to self-esteem, but they don't really give you self-esteem. And each step of that thousand mile journey is leading you towards higher self-esteem. So that's what's cool about doing this way is that every little thing that you do is kind of advancing you towards having higher self-esteem and getting you more ready to make those changes psychologically. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of in line with the third one here, monitoring behavior to check that it is in alignment with one's goals. You can have clearly defined purposes and a reasonable action plan, but drift off course by distractions, the emergence of unanticipated problems, the pull of other values, an unconscious reordering of priorities, lack of adequate mental focus, or resistance to doing what one has committed oneself to do. That's a real popular one in the realm of health and fitness. Oh, yeah. I'll go to the gym next week. Yep. A conscious policy of monitoring actions relative to stated purposes helps us to manage problems of this kind. Sometimes the solution will be to rededicate yourself to your original intentions. Sometimes you will need to rethink what your most important goals actually are and perhaps reformulate your purposes. Yeah, this relates to, we sent out a newsletter, uh, I think it was last week, on the concept of discipline. And I actually got this from our friends Sterling and Jay with Internet Business Mastery, Mm -hmm. the business podcast. And um, they were talking about the idea of discipline in business and how people say, oh, I don't have the discipline. And I saw this on the survey as well that we did. Like people, some of their biggest problems they say are that they don't have discipline to stick with any kind of a plan or to keep continually to exercise or eat the right things. But it's not that they don't have discipline. We all have discipline. We just use it for sometimes the wrong things. Mm -hmm. So if I'm disciplined to sit on the couch and (laughs) eat cookies and watch movies, then (laughs) that's a discipline. Yes, you're staying on a certain track. In yeah. this case, it would be a rut and um, you know, adhering to that. And there's certain psychological payoffs for that process, obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. And then on the other side, there's the perspective that you're not able to do things differently, which is self-defeating too. Right. Because you definitely are. You have the ability to make new choices and to set new goals and to achieve them. Yep. That's the cool thing about being human. That's true. And the fourth one here, paying attention to the outcomes of one's actions to know whether they are leading where one wants to go. So he says, our goals may be clear and our actions congruent, but our initial calculations about the right steps to take may prove incorrect. Perhaps there were facts we failed to consider. Perhaps developments have changed the context. So we need to keep asking, are my strategy and tactics working? Am I getting where I want to go? Are my actions producing the results I anticipated? That's pretty darn important. Yeah, and you notice the idea that continuing to do the things that haven't worked in the past is just a recipe for uh, not making those positive changes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Beating your head against the wall over and over again. Pretty soon you'll be insane. Yeah. So, yeah, the error correction process and to make sure. And a lot of people in our culture today don't really have the right information, so they end up not achieving the goals and getting frustrated or maybe finding a quick fix some particular fad diet and they lose the weight but then they gain it back again and that can be terribly frustrating yeah and there was one quote that i thought was really good he says the root of our self-esteem is not our achievements but those internally generated practices that among other things make it possible for us to achieve Mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we were just talking about but it's this kind of idea of you know well if i just get this, then I'll have the self-esteem. 
Now, if I just achieve this one thing, like it could be a sports thing. I know there's a lot of athletes that are listening to our podcast and uh, it gets frustrating if you're just going after a specific time or a place. Like a lot of people go after like, I want to finish in the top 10 in my age group or something. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get that, it's like it really hurts. And yes. I think they're kind of going at it the wrong way. It's like you first have to get to the point where you've internally generated that motivation and the things that will make it possible to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. And it bears on the specialized efficacy too, because we all can't be world-class champions, obviously. Yeah. But we can set goals for ourselves that are in line with our own happiness. So yeah. it's a constant process of reassessing where you are in relation to those goals and making sure that you're not setting up expectations that are inherently unachievable for yourself so that you constantly feel bad about yourself and bad about your lack of achieving those things. Right. That's kind of a common thing, it seems, in some athletes' minds, that they basically set goals that uh, are beyond the realm of their present achievement capacity. So they end up beating themselves up and feeling down about it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're 38 years old trying to do what you did when you are 18. Perhaps, although that's probably achievable, I think. It's achievable, but it's not uh, not the easiest thing in the world. Maybe not within the seconds or the tenths of seconds in the time. Exactly. But as a general rule, this health and fitness perspective is about feeling happy and feeling satisfied with yourself and, you know, operating in a congruent fashion with what your body can do and what your choices are reflecting in that process. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, the end of the chapter here, he just wrote, Living purposefully is a fundamental orientation that applies to every aspect of our existence. It means that we live and act by intention. It is a distinguishing characteristic of those who enjoy a high level of control over their life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so the idea is do something. Do something. Doesn't matter, just one thing towards your goal and then do the next thing. And make sure that the information you're setting your goal from, like the, the understanding of health and fitness and of nutrition especially, is in line with reality, with the truth, so that what you're doing is actually going to work. And uh, of course, we've got this three pillars of achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection, free bonus audio on our website you can download for free. Just visit HealthyMindFitBody.com and enter your name and email address and you can Listen to that. It's the three pillars by which we discuss the nature of this mind-body integration process that's required to make this a lifestyle that's going to work for you yeah. and it's going to ensure your happiness. Right. Yeah, just uh, one more thing. We sent out a survey to the list. I mentioned that earlier and got a couple of answers that I wanted to talk about here that I thought mm -hmm. were really interesting. And we'll put this in the show notes so there's a link to this survey so you can check it out. There's just six questions. Really easy. Sure. It'll take you five minutes. So one of the questions is, what is your biggest goal when it comes to fitness, health, and or weight loss? And somebody answered with, maintain my physique and health for the rest of my life. I've been bodybuilding for well over 30 years. Now on lower carbs, I see definition I have never seen in my body. I was fooling myself for many years with an extra 20 pounds of fat. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's a, something psychological there? Yeah, when I was lifting weights early in my 20s, uh, I always had some love handles and I thought that was just part of the process. You got to eat all these calories to maintain and to build muscle and yeah. along with that comes the fat. But you don't really need to do that once you cut the uh, extra carbs out and you fuel yourself with the fat. Instead, your muscle definition is more apparent because the layer of fat that you had on 
is no longer there. Yeah. I think they say below 10% body fat, you start really showing the six-pack abs, for instance. Yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Yeah. Yes. So then the second one, another question on the survey is, what is your biggest problem or challenge when it comes to your health, fitness level, or achieving your optimal weight? And this person answered, the temptation to fall into the trap of eating, quote, like everyone else. I am disgusted when I see most people now are fat, flabby, and look like they have never done any exercise. Very popular sign and symptom in our age that is not so enlightened in the realm of nutrition, nor in how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and it's so easy to do that, to just kind of fall into this, like, oh yeah, well, everyone else is doing it, and it must be okay. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. the years go by, and the pounds definitely add up. And uh, it's easier just to keep on track the whole time than to you know, let yourself get overweight and then come back to it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important to not get stuck in that rut of thinking that this is just a natural progression towards the grave, that this aging process is going to take its toll and you're supposed to develop. You've seen those pictures of the life stages of humans and as they get into middle age, they start getting the, for the men, it's the pot belly. Yeah. You know, and things start sagging as you go through that. I mean, you're going to age, but you don't necessarily have to go through that process that's portrayed for people. Yeah. So I think kids are getting a bad sort of impression of what it means to be an older person in our society today. Right. I'm just going to emulate this Ernestine Shepherd and excellent. go into my 70s looking like uh, 30. Just, I would advise against the breast implants, though. I don't yeah. think they look good on you. You don't think they'd go with me? <laughs> Not so much. Okay. Well, maybe I won't do that. But. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up. Yep. That's about it. So stay tuned. Next week, we'll have our sixth pillar of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Wrapping it up with integrity. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one.